0: I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 11 of my Crisis to Opportunity podcast, continuing our exploration of the reactions we experience in response to a crisis. The focus of today's podcast is panic to purpose. Chances are that you felt panic at some point in your life. As it coursed through your veins in reaction to some unexpected threat, you likely felt fear. Your body went into overdrive. Your mind raced in all directions, arriving nowhere, and your actions became chaotic you'd have done anything that might extricate you from the situation. In all likelihood, your panic actually caused more harm than good. Unfortunately, panic rarely ever produces a good outcome in response to a modern-day crisis. In contrast, you set yourself up best to deal with a crisis in a positive and constructive manner when you respond in a purposeful way. The course of crisis mentality culminates in panic, which is defined as a sudden overwhelming fear, with or without cause, that produces hysterical or irrational behavior. Panic is experienced as a veritable torrent of negative emotions, such as fear and worry, unpleasant physiological changes, sweating, rapid heart rate, and unsettling thinking, I can't handle this, that produces intense and directionless reactions. Moreover, panic isn't just an individual reaction. It affects many people. The panic reactions of one individual can go viral and trigger mass hysteria. Panic becomes a quote-unquote contagion that can infect everyone affected by the situation. When I think about panic, I envision a stampede when somebody else fires fire in a theater, the reaction to the stock market sell-off that occurs during a financial crisis, or the widespread panic reaction to the now-famous 1938 radio broadcast of H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds. Panic was quite functional back in prehistoric days, because it triggered our ancestors to either engage in a frenzied attack or a frantic retreat from the threat. Yet panic these days doesn't usually work out so well, whether it's a decision that results in the end of a life, loss of hard-earned money, or in the case of the War of the Worlds, looking a bit foolish, panic often produces actions that are ill-advised and more destructive than helpful. Where there should be patience, there is haste. Where there should be reasoned deliberation, there is thoughtlessness. Where there should be calm, there is fluster. The importance of being aware of panic and not reacting to it is taught to us indirectly from childhood. A simple example of this is stop, drop, and roll. When somebody's clothing, skin, or hair catches fire, they may instinctively start to run around. Their thought may be that the wind will blow off the fire, but it's more likely that there's no intentional thought process. Running around actually increases the rate oxygen fuels the flames, which makes it worse, not better. Instead, the majority of us are taught to, again, stop, drop, and roll, which smothers the flames. This ingrained response from childhood removes the necessity for us to think clearly in the event that what we are wearing catches fire. Crises are surprises by their very nature, true shocks to our system, psychologically emotionally and physically. They can leave you feeling just combobulated, out of control, and thoroughly unprepared to handle the aftermath. These feelings can be overwhelming and panic is a natural, albeit unproductive, reaction where you just aren't ready for the crisis in front of you. Therein lies the power to turn a crisis mentality into an opportunity mindset. Preparation. You can gain control over a panic reaction by preventing it from occurring or mitigating the impact of a crisis when one does arise. Preparation is the foundation of a constructive response to crises. There are some basic things you can do to ensure that the most likely crises you may experience don't hit you like a ton of bricks. In fact, we prepare for worst case scenarios all the time in our lives. Imagine if you had a health scare and how would it be without health insurance? How would you react? Now imagine how you respond if you do have health insurance. Another example may be losing your job. How would you react if you didn't have a rainy day fund to cover your expenses while you're in between jobs? How would you respond if you did? In either case, the crisis will be stressful, but far less so if you're prepared for it. So one way to mitigate or prevent panic in response to a crisis is to prepare yourself for it. A simple yet compelling example of this sort of preparation is the lifeboat drill that the Navy uses with its sailors. They practice man overboard and abandon ship drills over and over and over again until they're second nature to every sailor. Every crew member knows the rapid actions they must take immediately. For instance, they know what station they should go to and how to put on a light preserver. They prepare to the point that rather than panicking, it becomes their instinctive response when the alarm sounds. How does this translate into life outside the Navy? Start by identifying areas in your life in which crises could potentially occur. Common areas to think about include health, for example, illness and injury, financial, job loss or poor investments, natural disasters, earthquakes or forest fires, crime against you, theft, violence, technological, hacking or identity theft, and divorce, 50-50 split of assets. You'll prioritize them differently depending upon your circumstances, of course. Then, determine and implement strategies to prevent or lessen a crisis should one occur. For example, buy health insurance, save money, create a fire defense zone around your home, install a security system, protect your online identity, and consider a prenuptial agreement if you're not already married. Of course, you can't prepare for every crisis you face. In these situations, you can't take specific steps to alleviate the shock of a crisis and the ensuing panic reactions. However, you can create a general plan for responding with purpose. This preparation enables you to establish some semblance of control over a crisis shortly after its onset. If You can anticipate that a crisis might occur and develop a plan to respond positively to it. You create the means to shift from the primitive crisis mentality to an evolved opportunity mindset. To help you get started, here is a basic plan that will help create purpose Ensure preparation and lessen panic immediately after a crisis strikes. One, articulate your strengths. This builds hope, optimism, and confidence. Second, analyze the crisis. This provides a realistic assessment of the situation and gives you a healthy perspective. Evaluate possible consequences, which establishes realistic expectations of what could happen. Gather relevant information. This increases understanding. Identify resources. This fosters feelings of support. Set goals. This provides a constructive direction you want to head in. Create an action plan, which enhances feelings of control. And finally, take action. This creates momentum toward a resolution of the crisis. There are two valuable aspects of establishing purpose early in a crisis. First, it engages your evolved brain, your cerebral cortex, your prefrontal cortex, which allows deliberate thinking to override your amygdala's emotional reactions and the ensuing panic reaction. Second, establishing purpose is a catalyst for creating a virtuous cycle in which the increased sense of purpose reduces feelings of stress and panic that enables you to devote more energy to confronting the crisis in a constructive way. From Abraham Lincoln, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four hours sharpening the axe. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 11 of Crisis to Opportunity, and be on the lookout for episode 12 in the near future.